This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning. It's Monday. It's the 14th of February. I'm Tabitha McIntosh in the breakfast slot, and today we're talking about the woke, activist, politically correct, gone mad, loony left, Trotskyite, red under the bed, brainwashing, culturally Marxist, postmodern monsters currently threatening to undo our society, poison our children, and send us all to re education camps. In other words, I'm talking about teachers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello again, everyone. So, Yesterday, I read an exclusive interview in a right-wing tabloid with a conservative party politician that promised, in quotation marks here, tough action to protect children from being brainwashed and to keep political indoctrination out of the playground. No, it was not Nadim Zahawi writing for The Sun. It was Margaret Thatcher in the Daily Express in October 1986. And as you're about to see, there's continuity between the two articles in choice of publication style, particular conservative moral panics going on in the particular moment, and the specific language use. But before I start getting into that, let's be very clear. The actual substance of Zahawi's contribution to the sun was so anodyne as to be essentially meaningless. Teachers should not foist their own partisan politics onto students. Yep. Nothing new, as he himself says in the article, quotation, legal duties on political impartiality have been in place for many years. Since 1986, in fact, same year Thatcher wrote her article. So we'll be spending a lot of time in 1986 this morning. Um, The cast of Grange Hill released Just Say No that year, fascinatingly, and nobody ever took recreational drugs again. Thanks, Zamo. But uh, to start with 2022, the crucial part of Zahawi's, again, very anodyne message is actually what happened when it was lobbed as a weapon to the Sun as a choice of publication. Because we have his article and then we have the Sun's framing of his article. I'll just read you that. The Sun says, brainwashing, in all caps. Schools must stop teaching activist propaganda, warns Education Secretary. Schools must root out activist teaching, says the Education Secretary. Rules will be issued this week to stop classes being filled with propaganda. Nadine Zahawi has acted after some staff were accused of brainwashing kids. In one recent case, children as young as 10 were urged to write critical letters about Boris Johnson. And ministers have been asked to probe a council over reports teachers have been trained to teach worrying race theories in primary schools. Mr. Zahawi vows to make it clear to teachers that their job is about education, not indoctrination. So let's just go back to Thatcher again in the Daily Express in October 1986. Tough action to protect children from being brainwashed to keep political indoctrination out of the playground. Those aren't words that um, Zahawi used. Those are words that the Sun used. The key words are the same in 1986 and 2022 and in every culture war retread about the dangers of woke teachers, brainwashing, indoctrination, reds under the beds. Let's look at how the Mail on Sunday subsequently reported this story. 
did they run with Zahawi's actual words or did they pick up on the sun's framing in the least shocking news possible? They did the latter. I'll read you this one too. I love, love to hate the particular rhetorical stylings of this particular culture war battle because I've, I grew up with it. I came of age in the 1980s. I lived through it then and I'm living through it again now. And it's, um, it's music as familiar as Just Say No by the cast is Grange Hill. Education, not indoctrination. Nadim Zahawi tells schools to root out activist teachers brainwashing children. Root out is the language of the Sun article, not of Zahawi. After claims of worrying race lessons and pupils as young as 10 urged to write critical letters about the PM in class, Nadim Zahawi will issue guidance to ensure teachers present balanced views. He said it was to ensure complexity of many important issues. Mr. Zahawi says it's part of democracy for children to shape own political views, comes after he investigated reports concerning race theories being taught. Primary schools were also alleged to write letters criticizing the PM. Um, if you've been following what's happening in the United States and to some extent picks up on in um, the United Kingdom, but not much at all, the, the big thing there is um, critical race theory, which is a concept that belongs entirely in um, graduate departments of law schools in the United States, but which has expanded in popular discourse to mean just about anything you want it to. Um, that has led to school board meetings where um, some places are talking about putting cameras in classes so that parents can monitor teachers for dangerous critical race theory being spouted in the classroom into lists of books being removed from libraries for wrong think, essentially, all to protect children from brainwashing and indoctrination. And in the United States, it's lensed very much around LGBT rights, um, specifically transgender stuff, and overwhelmingly race issues. And here we can see the male and the son sort of picking up on the race stuff and trying to make that into a thing. But as we'll see, that's not really where the great British public who like to live below the line and on Twitter take it. So I thought it'd be fun to look at what the Daily Mail readers thought, because it's always exciting to see what um, Daily Mail readers think teachers are like. We'd be so much more thrilling if they were any, even slightly like them. Well said, Nadim Zahawi, but you need to sack them. Yeah. So getting tough basically means giving guidance, which will simply be ignored. How novel. I wonder who in government came up with that approach to getting tough with those messing with the minds of the nation's young. We're brainwashing them, people. There has always been stupid lefties teaching in schools. He will never stop them. It's true, we're unstoppable. No chance of this. If you vote conservative or support Brexit, the staff room can be extremely hostile. Teachers now have virtually identical opinions and younger ones were indoctrinated themselves at uni. Well, there you go. Teachers, oh, I get some of the surveillance stuff coming in here, should have regular impromptu inspections during lessons. They are given far too free a reign, something that would not happen in a completely adult working environment. I would love to have fewer impromptu inspections. I just love the version of teaching that these people live in. Our schools have become as radical as the teachers teaching the lessons. All schools need re-evaluations. Shocking what's happening to us. I'm going to read this one with the typos. The Labour Party and their Rockweiler unions, person thinks Rockweilers are made of rocks, control our schools and universities with an iron fist to hate our flag, our country and its history with a passion. And finally, far too many woke nutjobs in teaching. 
See, the perfection of the Zahawi piece is that it's very careful to sketch the alleged partisan teaching with the lightest possible touch. Um, the legacy of empire, he says, is difficult. Uh, discussing race can be hard. Don't tell kids who to vote for. Be careful of materials from outside organizations. Always those pesky outside organizations. It's sort of a Rorschach test for the angry and disaffected. Or um, to return to Thatcher's Daily Express interview, I share the horror of people who do not like that sort of policy or program. So just what sort of policy or program is it that we're talking about that we are allegedly pushing in schools, which we need guidance for? If you take the Sun's framing and the Daily Mail's framing, it's, you know, encouraging people to think critically about Boris Johnson or very much the teaching of race. But that's not really where Daily Mail readers and Twitter took it. Um, if you are a follower of the particular culture wars in which um, the United Kingdom finds itself at the moment, you will not be surprised at what I'm about to tell you. Here's a final comment from a Daily Mail reader. Nadine Zahawi also has to understand that many, many teachers are further left than Mao, pushing kids to transition or teaching communism. The mangling of the spelling of communism there, in addition to the idea that Chairman Mao was big into gender studies and, uh, and sex changes is, is quite remarkable. But that is where overwhelmingly Twitter took it. So Peter Hitchens in yesterday's mail, um, when NATO has its own office of the gender advisor, you know wokery has won elsewhere in the Daily Mail. Almost nothing now is what you think it is or what it used to be. The school to which you happily send your children is in many cases a propaganda college in which they are taught the new creed of equality and diversity. I mean, equality is certainly a, a radical creed in, say, the 18th century, but interesting to see it positioned that way now, um, especially since it's been enshrined in law since 1995 and 2010 in the Equality Act. But whose equality are we talking about? Whose equality are people reading the Rorschach test of Nadim Zahawi and, and deciding what's going to happen? Let's go to Twitter. Always a wonderful place. The vast majority of quote tweets on his Sun article, and I went through every single one of them, thank you, so that you didn't have to, uh, were negative. It was overwhelmingly teachers and um, other people saying, this sounds like totalitarianism. This is awful. I teach students to think critically. We're not doing this already. I'm not sure he's best positioned to make this claim. But the positive quote tweets are really illuminating. So we have um, the Women's Rights Network says, we asked the education minister to stop the teaching of harmful, confusing gender ideology, which encompasses born in the wrong body. The Safe Schools Alliance, which um, simultaneously is promoting a tip line for parents to report teachers. We hope that this will be used to put a stop to the many examples we are seeing of gender identity ideology being taught as uncontested fact. Helen Joyce, author of Trans, um, big advocate of anti-transgender politics and culture war. This is as important as it gets. Without this, schools can continue to teach ideologically motivated nonsense. With it, parents can push back. Uh, the group Transgender Trend, which exists to challenge any um, transgender supportive teaching in schools, 
Thank you, Nadim Zahawi. We look forward to seeing the new guidance. Parents are concerned that children are being taught gender identity ideology, a controversial political view, as fact. Schools must present all views impartially to encourage critical thinking and tolerance, and then some individual users. I'm looking forward to seeing the detail on this. Schools are teaching gender identity as fact to children as young as five. This is adult gender politics and has no place in the classroom. New user, about time. Stop teaching camp gay boys they are actually women. You are causing homophobic violence by surgery celebrated by the gender borg. This is queer theory misery. Sort it the hell out. And another? Exactly. Stop pushing politics onto them. And while you're at it, get LGBTQ out of schools as well. Let kids be kids. And another? Let's get the harmful gender indoctrination out of our schools. And another, and then I'm going to stop because there's a limit to how much of this stuff you can bathe in before you need to shower for a year. Kick out gender ideology and fast. Protect our vulnerable children from this dangerous cult the medicalization and ongoing butchery they face for a lifetime. Teachers should be teaching maths and English, and not that you can be the opposite sex. Sex cannot be changed. Ever. If you, like me, were unlucky enough to have come of age in the 1980s, you've heard this all before, relentlessly. It was the message of the government from the mid-1980s until the 1988 passage of Section 28, which prohibited the promotion of homosexuality by local authorities. I'll be coming back to that, and we can possibly play my new favourite game, which I call, Is This From The 1980s or 2020s? And oh God, I'm tired, so tired. Why are they still doing this? But um, the passage of a draconian regulation like Section 28 didn't come out of nowhere. It required years of anti-teacher, anti-local authority government messaging promoted and circulated by the press. If today we are wokeistas, woke Stasi, woke totalitarians, woke fascists, then it was much more alliterative. We were the loony left and we were the worst people in the world. All right. I'm going to take you to the news, and then when we come back, we'll be finding out how we were destroying the world in 1982. The answer may surprise you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, 
uplearn.co.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, is to introduce new guidance for teachers to ensure a balanced discussion of politics in lessons. Mr Sahawi stated in The Sun on Sunday that teachers must handle political discussions in the classroom sensitively. He said, While there is a clear need for schools to address political issues in the classroom from time to time, this must not be done in a partisan way. No school should be encouraging young people to pin their colours to a particular political mast. As the Secretary of State for Education, I want to make sure that each and every child is given the opportunity to come to their own opinions without being swayed by what others think. Mr Sahawi said schools must assess all materials relating to political issues to ensure they are appropriate and will be provided with a framework for discussion and de-escalation in cases of disputes. The guidance is to be published next week. Redbridge Council's Schools Tree Planting Initiative has involved school children across Redbridge in the planting of more than 80 new trees in the borough. The council initiative is part of efforts to increase tree coverage in the borough and give children hands-on experience in planting and caring for trees, while learning about the importance of trees and greenery in helping to tackle climate change. Head of Coppice Primary School, Michael Fernandez said, it has been an amazing experience for our entire school as children from nursery all the way through to year six have had the chance to be part of planting our new orchard. We feel very fortunate that our existing nature garden 
has now been expanded to include apple, pear and plum trees. During the planting sessions, pupils learnt about the important environmental and health benefits trees bring, including helping clean up the air we breathe, provide shade and create natural habitats for wildlife. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half term, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And we're back and talking about ways in which teachers are brainwashing our youth, destroying the nation, indoctrinating instead of teaching, um, and all the other terrible things we've been doing since 1986 or even earlier. Because right now, we're going back to see what exactly we were doing to destroy the country before we were destroying it by promoting LGBT plus equality. Here's the Daily Telegraph in 1982 on the biggest conservative moral panic of the early 80s, peace education. Note the, the uh, keywords are exactly the same as the ones that The Sun used yesterday when framing Zahawi's article and that Thatcher used in her 1986 interview with The Express. That is why, the Daily Telegraph says, State schools are a breeding ground for the revived CND movement and for many other much more dangerous movements. How successful leftist teachers themselves indoctrinated are indoctrinating their pupils, I cannot say. We don't know how teachers are indoctrinating students. We just know it must be happening because the young people like CND, the campaign for nuclear disarmament. Um, ironically, our very own news report just used the phrase when talking about Zahawi, a balanced discussion which takes me to this beautiful moment in early 80s history. Um, in response to the perception that state schools were hotbeds of anti-nuclear messaging, the government's central office of information created a handy pamphlet, which it sent unrequested to schools across England and Wales. It was a slender publication about disarmament titled, A Balanced View. Um, I've got Hansard open in front of me, and I'm going to read you from some of it. it just <laughs> is it spectacularly lovely speech? Educational institutions. This this uh, discussion is called information and propaganda. 
uh, Monday, 25th of April, 1983. It's got some truly fabulous excerpts from this balanced view pamphlet um, read out in a speech by Lord Hatch of Lusby, who is my new boyfriend. Uh, so I'll, I'll just do a sort of generic posho voice for this. May I now simply quote a number of extracts from one of these three publications, about which I have no doubt the noble lord knows, because he was looking at them beforehand. Obviously, I can only give selections, but I do not think anyone would accuse me of being unfair in making these selections. Clause three of The Balanced View states, Given the Soviet Union's massive nuclear and conventional military power, the West must maintain nuclear weapons to do the job of deterrence effectively. Clause 15 states, Unilateral disarmament by Britain and its allies is clearly not a safe or sensible alternative. Clause 17 states, If a nuclear weapon-free zone were created from the Atlantic to the Urals, as has been suggested, the effect would be one-sided. So Britain has a straightforward choice. Either we decide on unilateral disarmament and neglect our defences, as in the 1930s, the Lord interrupts himself to say, when, I might say in parenthesis, it was the Conservative Party that was supporting Hitler and Mussolini, not the Labour Party, with all the resulting risks, or we go for multinational negotiated disarmament. Parenthetical burn of the century there. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, let's see, the Telegraph in 1983. Left-wing activists, teachers and lecturers can expect tough treatment from the new Conservative administration. Conservative councillors claim to have identified several teachers in the forefront of the mob, which broke up the council meeting at which power was due to pass from Labour's to the Tories. Um, we got Keith Joseph in 1984. Remember, what we still mostly care about is the the alleged spectre of children being taught that disarmament was was potentially a bad thing. Uh, Keith Joseph took it up at a conference organised by the National Council of Women of Great Britain in March 84. And here he's deploring the teaching of peace studies as a blatant attempt at indoctrination. I must say I regret the label peace studies. I do not question integrity, but I deplore attempts to exploit the emotional connotations of the word peace in so intensely serious, intensely difficult questions. Um, I deplore attempts to present it so one-sidedly that the teacher is guilty of indoctrination. Such attempts are an insult to the teaching profession and a disservice to the cause of education in, the, in an open society. At which point, we enter a character who's going to reappear repeatedly um, throughout the next three or four years in 1980s life, Baroness Caroline Cox. And she's still around, still a member of the House of Lords um, and responsible for some interesting moments in, in culture wars past and culture wars present too. So Baroness Cox, in uh, alliance with Roger Scruton, uh, there's a combination of people one one might not necessarily expect. This is again the Telegraph in 1984. I'm um, the newspaper archive I use for my research. By the way, is an American one. It has a limited range of UK newspapers because each of these cost about I don't know 100 pounds a year to subscribe to, and I'm just not made of money. I'm a teacher, a cultural Marxist, a red under the bed. I don't have the money to be getting multiple newspaper subscriptions. So. Um, this points out that the Oxford and Cambridge Schools Examination Board says it's not experienced any pressure from schools to prepare a syllabus about peace education. That, um, as far as they can tell, there is no such thing. Uh, it's all just nonsense. But that does not stop 
Baroness Caroline Cox and Roger Scruton, who are very upset about this. An essential guide to all this, says the Daily Telegraph, is Peace Studies, a critical survey by Baroness Cox and Roger Scruton, starting with the Peace Studies papers put out by teachers and graduate students of the Bradford University School of that name. They say they show a marked bias towards unilateralism, a pie-eyed and even whimsical approach to major problems of strategy. Uh, and then my favourite thing here, the Telegraph, that the problem is, it's the working class who are being indoctrinated, of course. Let's let's hear what they think of working class students and their ability to make up their minds. One of the worst aspects of this emotional rampage is the way in which it's splitting the nation. To judge from the majority of university syllabuses and the movement of opinion among university students today, the better educated boys and girls from the six forms of the comprehensives and independent schools are, for the most part, untouched by this mindless agitation the less able majority who suffer from political indoctrination in primary and secondary schools controlled by Labour local authorities are in danger of growing up with a lasting bias against patriotism and a total ignorance of the world. That carried on for, you know, so 1982 to 1985 into 1986. It's all about the peace studies, the radical indoctrination. That's what we need the balance view on. The government has to step in and and tell you very explicitly what to teach because otherwise this imaginary peace teaching again remember the exam boards are saying no there's there's no request for this um otherwise the the terrible leftists are going to indoctrinate our, our poor and and not very able students um so by 1986 things have shifted peace studies is no longer red enough meat for the tabloid press the Education Act of 1986 had responded to the fear of a red teacher planet with clauses promoting free speech on university campuses. Those still stand today, despite the relentless, relentless spouting in the press about a free speech crisis on campus. Um, I'll link you to a wonderful historian who, who writes about this, who just <laughs> never tires of pointing out that the same articles, the same actions, the same anxiety about no platforming and who gets to speak have just been relentlessly trotted out since the 50s, absolutely the 60s and the 70s. And here we have free speech in university enshrined in law in 86, still stands, hasn't changed. We're still in a perpetual crisis that we need to worry about, allegedly. Um, so. Baroness Caroline Cox, our new best friend, um, has added a section on political indoctrination, which I believe still binds us today, but certainly, so it's the Education Act of 1986, and Clause 44 says, local education authority by whom any county, uh, voluntary or special school is maintained and the governing body shall forbid the permit the pursuit of partisan political activities by any of those registered pupils at the school who are junior pupils and the promotion of partisan political views in the teaching of any subject in the school. Right? It's very nonspecific. It's very vague, as indeed Nadim Zahawi was yesterday. So we can read pretty much anything we want onto it, but it's been enshrined in law. And the clause that followed was a harbinger of the turn it was about to take. And it was also pushed and heavily promoted um, and put in as a private member's bill at various points by Baroness Caroline Cox. Clause 46, the local education authority by whom any county, voluntary or special school is maintained 
and the governing body and head teacher at the school shall take such steps that as are reasonably practicable to secure that, and this is the crucial bit, where sex education is given to any registered pupils at the school, it is given in such a manner as to encourage those pupils to have due regard to moral considerations and the value of family life. Moomin say good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone who's listening. Good morning, all of you who are on half term. We're very lucky and privileged. And Buckinghamshire, where I live, is very much not on half term. So I'm very smugly sitting here while the county's teachers go to work. So the 1986 campaign, and again, all of you, it seems like everyone is younger than me now, which is a tragedy for me, I guess, but not so much for you who get to live, laugh, love, and bound through life like young gazelles and such. Um, you were children during this, so you weren't fully alert and alive and subject to all of this nonsense, and you didn't have to live through it all the first time around because it was just in the background of your lives. Or if you were like some of you born in the 90s, you got to skip it altogether. Amazing stuff. Um, and so you won't remember the loony left phenomenon, which was, well, let me cover it for you. The campaign that subsequently coalesced around loony left teachers and local authorities was increasingly focused on LGBT issues, mostly because the political indoctrination argument and the evidence for it, as it will be for Mr. Zahawi, was a very damp squib. Teachers aren't partisan. Like to anyone listening who thinks we are terrible Marxists who teach reds under the beds, we're really not. I wish we were sometimes, but we aren't. Um, it, it was a damp squib then, as it will be now. So here's John Fairhall summing up the consequences of this 86 anti-political indoctrination clause. Um, in 1987, as he says, uh, not so long ago, the threat of political indoctrination in our schools was a major concern for some of our legislators. Although perhaps you'd have to look back in the cuttings file to remember how heated some people became. Take the front page of the Daily Express of October 21st, for example. Maggie Vowles, I'll break classroom records, was the lead story. That's the article I've been quoting from. Um, in an exclusive interview with the Express, Mrs. Thatcher promised tough action to protect children from being brainwashed and to keep political indoctrination out of the playground. Um, he points out that the Department of Education then started logging complaints about political indoctrination and pretty much all of them were were logged by Baroness Caroline Cox. Because <laughs> it just wasn't happening. It's it's a moral panic. I've done moral panics before on this show, ones about technology, but the idea of um, woke teachers indoctrinating children is a moral panic that has endless capacity to run and run. Um, <laughs> Norman Tebbett, again, those of you who are not as old as me won't have visceral reactions to these names, uh, but Norman Tebbett, that's a name that glows in, in red flaring rage lights for me, led the war on loonies in particular, and the language of the 1986 shift to LGBT issues and the looming totalitarianism of pro-LGBT policies should be dazzlingly familiar to everyone in 2022. Here's um, the Sunday Telegraph, November 23rd, 1986, their description of the Tory party's big campaign that they're gonna run into battle against the fascist left, right? Supporting gay teachers is fascist. Supporting family values as things that include LGBT 
members, the idea that children can be LGBT, the idea that you can have morality that encompasses sexuality and gender identity of all kinds. That is fascism, according to this particular strain of Tebity politics. Um, I will not not read you lots of this. I'll just note that um, as with Peter Hitchens' article yesterday, one feature of, of this sort of article is they, they just give you job listings, endless amount of job listings, and the salaries paid to women's officers or lesbian and gay officers or outreach to lesbian and gay teachers. Um, just a relentless amount of, look, they're employing gay people, they're employing women. This is all evidence of hideous waste of money. It's all terrible. Uh, ministers believe that the totalitarian abuse of democracy by Labour's town hall organisers, the political vetting of staff, the open contempt for majority opinions and the want of money, waste of money in unpopular minority programmes are issues which provoke widespread public alarm. How dare we listen to minorities when the majority should be able to control everything? Here we have uh, 1987, The Evening Standard, talking at the time about the Church of England considering having gay priests. There's a world of difference here between accepting one's nature as a matter of private conscience and foisting it upon others. This was their editorial leader. Gay teachers or vicars who proselytize or counselors who demand the teaching of gay subjects in schools all deserve condemnation and contempt for prostituting their position of authority. Norman Tebbett, culture warrior extraordinaire, in uh, 1987. Other topics are touched on. For example, in the organizer's reply to Tebbett's letter, he writes, can you imagine the anxiety of parents who, knowing full well that a certain teacher is a practicing homosexual, has to, by law, allow the children to be put at risk? Would you allow your children to share a classroom with an infected, rabid dog? Uh, this one, Evening Standard, 1986, Cut to size. Once upon a time, each borough had a local council which operated from a small town hall. It had a mayor or mayoress and a handful of councillors drawn from the life of the community. Businessmen, small shopkeepers who were recognisable to most of the local people. But now, brace yourselves, it has committees on women, race equality, police monitoring and equal opportunities. It has set up working parties on nuclear issues, issues animal rights, anti-apartheid and gay and lesbian rights. It actively solicits job applications from homosexual teachers. That's their punchline. That's the horror of what's happening in local authorities. If you are getting the impression that this particular moral panic and um, I hesitate to use the word hysteria, but I'm just going to use it because I can't think of another one right now. Hysteria surrounding the presence of lesbian and gay teachers was being used to push a very, very specific agenda about the funding and organization of schools. You're not wrong. The loony left are teachers, but the loony left are also local authorities. So getting schools out from local authority concerns is the only way we can save our children from the gays. It just has to be done. Uh, 1986. Baroness Cox, um, Baroness Caroline Cox, told you, best friend. Uh, here she is basically coming up with Section 28, um, all on her own. Bill to curb promotion of gay rights backed. 
So here we have Baroness Cox said it was time for parents to be able to educate their children in accordance with their own religious convictions. They had to be protected from totally unacceptable intimidation and harassment meted out at council meetings when they voiced their views. Uh, Lord Graham of Edmonton. Um, let's get this one. Teaching ban. He stressed that the government was convinced that promoting homosexuality as a way of life was misguided and dangerous, particularly when young minds are concerned. Lord Hasbury's bill would forbid local authority help in promoting homosexuality as an acceptable family relationship, including any teaching of such a view in maintained schools. I'm going to go back to, um, when we've gone through these, I'm going to go back to the positive reactions to Nadim Zahawi's article on Twitter. And we can just compare the language. Okay. Uh, then we have also 1986, also Baroness Caroline Cox. Are the right people at the end of the line? Now, this was a moral panic that she led about the fact that gay people might be involved with answering the phone at Childline, the newly launched Childline. So here she says, mm -mm -mm -mm. it is the latter who are promoting the teaching of sex education, sex education in ways which are causing parents in Haringey and elsewhere such alarm. In their active promotion of homosexuality, their attacks on the normality of heterosexual behavior and their undermining of traditional families like family life. These teachers and local authorities give great offense. So not only are we destroying the nation. Um, <laughs> Karen, Carolina says practicing homosexual like it's an activity. Well, you have to practice. Otherwise, how are you going to get it right? <laughs> Yeah, and pointing out having to draw Happy Mother's, Happy Father's Day cards with a mum, dad, little girl and little boy is not indoctrination. Someone told me on Twitter yesterday that there's no such thing as LGBT children and that I should wake up, sheeple. I'm being brainwashed. I'm like, but, but do you think there's heterosexual children? D d oh. Anyway. Uh, yes, so Childline scuppered nearly because... Um, evil homosexuality promoting teachers might be answering the phone and local authority people. We need greater professional competence. Uh, an anguished letter to the Aldershot News, also from 1986. People are responding to this endless drumbeat of propaganda from Norman Tebbett from the Daily Telegraph from a, I don't have access to the archives of the Daily Mail or the Sun. I can only imagine how much worse they were. Gay teachers will be able with impunity to stalk the class and give the wink to any boy or girl who takes their fancy, this letter writer says. Parents and teachers who want to see that our education services free from such bigotry and big brother interference should think next time they put that cross on the voting paper. That is a consistent thing that comes up and one which always staggers me, the logic that goes saying that LGBT people exist and have rights is totalitarianism, is big brother interference. It's definitely George Orwell, definitely Orwell every time. Uh, 1987, uh, Margaret Thatcher giving a speech to the conservative rally in Solihull on why school reform is a good thing. These new grant maintained schools, as they will be called, will have many advantages. They will be free from LEA control. They will be able to employ the staff of their choice. They will be free to establish their own high standards of discipline. You know, so far, so academy program, so free schools. Okay, local choice, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, what's the real reason, Maggie? Do tell us. 
they will be free to teach competitive games. Ah, uh, you still see that sometimes people claiming that loony left teachers don't. A medal for everything is the reason why our country is falling apart. And the best bit, they will be free of left wing propaganda and gay and lesbian militancy. So we need to get rid of local education authorities because of gay and lesbian militants. 1987, Section 28 is going to be passed the next year. We have a concerted campaign building up that way. And it's all about family rights, family freedom. Um, I'm just going to play you her rather famous speech that she gave again in 1987, this time in Blackpool. I don't think you can. There we go. And the next year, they introduced Section 28, the first anti-gay legislation in 100 years, which forbid teaching in any school, that's not quite right, that homosexual relationships were acceptable. Um, it adhered to local authorities rather than schools. <laughs> that chat there is saying, I don't remember her ever being that quiet. Yeah, the YouTube, um, the YouTube video there is that there was a particular grating strident qualities to to Thatcher's pronouncements on things um that that didn't come across there but yeah that's uh just just a recap of her main thing there children are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay all of those children are being cheated of a sound start in life 1987 at Blackpool and then we have here 1987 at Solihull the main reason for ending local education authority control of schools is that children will be free from left-wing propaganda and gay and lesbian militancy. So just take us back to Nadim Zahawi's article and to the reaction to it on Twitter and to why people like me, um, people born in the early 70s, are hearing all of this um, as remarkably familiar language. As I hope those of you who've held on listening this morning in my first post-COVID, slightly rambling, a bit disorganized talk about the 80s and the 2020s um, have noticed, we have exactly the same language over and over and over again. It's indoctrination, it's totalitarianism. Um, banning things is freedom. If we're, gonna, if we're gonna pick out the Orwellian types here, then the Orwellian types are the people saying, banning things is freedom. Um, Banning things is freedom, banning books is freedom, stopping outside agitators and outside organizations from contributing things is actually freedom of speech. Um, all these things we're doing to control what you're allowed to teach, to regulate what you're allowed to do, to prescribe what you can say is okay, that's actually because you are the fascists, you are the totalitarians. Now, fascist is a word that's overused, but 
it's a word being used by the Daily Mail and stuff. If you've ever heard someone talk about the woke Stasi, yeah, I feel so free not to be allowed to read materials, says Carolina. Exactly. And Moomin, speaking for Universal Human Love, says happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Um, let's go back to, again, the positive quote tweets on Zahawi. He, again, says nothing particularly. He points out that it's the law that teachers can't do political indoctrination. Um, and then he says some very vague things. And he allows the son to frame it in that wake teachers brainwashing, indoctrination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera way. Daily Mail and the other right wing press run with that. All of us kind of react in confusion. And, you know, like, because actually what he's saying is like, well, of course we shouldn't politically indoctrinate students. It just all depends what you mean by political indoctrination. But let's again return to how the major anti transgender organizations heard that message yesterday and how they read that article. Again, Safe Schools Alliance, we hope this will be used to put a stop to the many examples we are seeing of gender identity ideology being taught as uncontested facts. Helen Joyce, schools can continue to teach ideologically motivated nonsense without this. With it, parents can push back. Transgender trend, we look forward to seeing the new guidance. Parents are concerned that children are being taught gender identity ideology as fact, it's, uh, stop pushing politics onto kids. And while you're at it, get LGBTQ out of schools as well. Let kids be kids. So to me, it sounds exactly the same. Uh, Moomin's pointing out there, the teacher's standards say, showing tolerance of and respect for the rights of others, not undermining fundamental British values, including democracy, the rule of law, individual liberty and mutual respect, the tolerance of those with different faiths and beliefs, ensuring that personal beliefs are not expressed in ways which exploit pupils. So no, we can't, we can't be purely neutral. Um, because, uh, as, as we all know, from being teachers in the classroom, you, you have to, to enact, you, you cannot treat all ideas as if they are equally worthy of respect. The Equalities Act has very specific exemptions and you, you're allowed to say that some things are not worthy of respect in a democratic society, right? So Nazism is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. So yes, we have to make those calls all the time. It is not true that we just show there are very fine people on both sides or there are arguments on both sides of things. That, that is a, a violation of the principle of equality. Okay, I am going to play the news one more time and try and find you another copy of Margaret Thatcher's speech, this time louder and more shouty. Um, and then I'm going to be finishing round about eight today because this has been my first attempt to be human after being in a fever for eight and a half days with Omicron. Right, let's listen to Gail Glenn and all of our sponsors on the news one more time. And then when we come back, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this stuff. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. 
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot UK. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, is to introduce new guidance for teachers to ensure a balanced discussion of politics in lessons. Mr Sahawi stated in The Sun on Sunday that teachers must handle political discussions in the classroom sensitively. He said, While there is a clear need for schools to address political issues in the classroom from time to time, this must not be done in a partisan way. No school should be encouraging young people to pin their colours to a particular political mast. As the Secretary of State for Education, I want to make sure that each and every child is given the opportunity to come to their own opinions without being swayed by what others think. Mr Sahawi said schools must assess all materials relating to political issues to ensure they are appropriate and will be provided with a framework for discussion and de-escalation in cases of disputes. The guidance is to be published next week.
Redbridge Council's Schools Tree Planting Initiative has involved school children across Redbridge in the planting of more than 80 new trees in the borough. The Council Initiative is part of efforts to increase tree coverage in the borough and give children hands-on experience in planting and caring for trees, while learning about the importance of trees and greenery in helping to tackle climate change. Head of Coppice Primary School, Michael Fernandez, said, It has been an amazing experience for our entire school, as children from nursery all the way through to year six have had the chance to be part of planting our new orchard. We feel very fortunate that our existing nature garden has now been expanded to include apple, pear and plum trees. During the planting sessions, pupils learnt about the important environmental and health benefits trees bring, including helping clean up the air we breathe, provide shade and create natural habitats for wildlife. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. All right, thank you very much. Oh, sorry. This is... I won't play the tech two minutes. I should have done, but we listened to it already once. I'll play it three times next episode just to make sure. I'm just going to end here with um, shaking that chalk, pointing out that it's all just more populism, isn't it? Yes, but then there was a very interesting article in The Economist um, a few days ago uh, called Unpopulism, I think, that pointed out that um, the... Conservative Party, the kind of populist wing of the Conservative Party trying to, you know, tap into what working class voters want, go to the sun, go to the sun for their sense of the political temperature of what people are angry about and what will play. And indeed, if we go back to the way the sun framed Zahawi's again, I use the word anodyne again, really very anodyne article. There's nothing to object to there. It's just reiterating the teacher's standards, right? Which Moomin pasted for us, showing tolerance and respect for the rights of others. Yeah, fair, but we do that. So it's in our teacher's standards and we we will lose our jobs if we don't do that. But by going to the sun, the particular idea of the red top populist, right wing, culture war, red meat, loony left, universe um his article turns into brainwashing schools must stop teaching activist propaganda schools must root out activist teaching classes are filled with propaganda nadine zahawi has acted after some staff were accused of brainwashing so the interesting article in um the economist pointed out that partly because of some really serious misthinking in um the adaptation to becoming online newspapers rather than print publications um the the sun the murdoch press did not make itself free at all so it it has slipped largely from the conversation newspaper circulation hard material newspaper circulation is massively down the impact and role of the red top tabloids and the shaping of political conversation and the ability to use those to kind of gauge the mood, the populist mood of the nation is just not there. So as this article argued, um, they're just misstepping. They're, they're 
picking up on culture wars and promoting fights that actually there's there's no sentiment for that don't really correspond to the rest of the world. So some of the hugely huge ones over the last couple of years, Oliver Dowden um, going up against the National Trust and uh, Corin Fowler, Professor Corin Fowler's program, Colonial Countryside. Um, that turned that into an enormous cultural war thing where, you know, Corinne Fowler was fired, her funding was taken away, the programme was cut because all of those things dared to put colonial properties in context, put, put British National Trust properties in context um, in, in all, and working with local schools and stuff. It was a really very, very straightforward history program that really engaged with history but they called it whitewashing history and they cut it so they cancelled professor fowler they cancelled the colonial countryside program but what the unpopulism article points out is that really no one cares you know that the country is not full of people very very angry that someone is teaching about the relationship of trinidad and tobago plantations with with 1780s properties it just no one cares and i think personally and i think the polling shows that the anti-transgender um sentiment that is so much a part of a lot of these organizations which exist to get stonewall out of education to put very different things in all of the examples i read you total recapping of that 1986 87 88 conservative propaganda about um lgbt issues in schools that that the national mood is not necessarily there at all. So, just more populism, as um, shake, <laughs> as shaking that chalk says. But weird populism, dated populism, populism that just is like reliving 1988. I was 16 in 1988. I did my GCSEs. I never want to go back there. No, thank you. That chap there says you must teach fundamental British values. Wait, no, not those values. Yeah. So, my fellow indoctrinators, brainwashers, woke cultural Marxists, evil woke Stasi, loony left destroyers of all that is wholesome and good, let's reconvene next week. And in the meantime, have a lovely half term if you are having yours this week. And good luck dragging yourself through the week if yours isn't till next. I have been Tabitha McIntosh, and this has been The Breakfast Show. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.